following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. inside studio b for another episode of the intentional foul josh and dan along with you for another week talking nfl major league baseball the badgers and the nba which is in full swing and we get to well i don't necessarily have to you're gonna get a little political at the tail end of this podcast well we'll touch on it i okay i I'm still learning a lot of this stuff, a lot of things I've been listening to about it. But we'll, Guess how much I've paid attention to well, this. Well, probably from what I sent you. That was about it. <laughs> that's, that's about I can't, I can't stomach this sort of stuff. I don't like, I don't. But it's, I mean, it's interesting when when you, you point out certain things. I saw you tweeting about it today. Yeah, and we're talking about the NBA China issue Correct. for anybody yes. that's not aware. Yeah, so we're, we're going to dive into that at the tail end. Um, got a lot to cover this week, as per usual, and it will be mostly dominated by the NFL. I think we should probably spend about two minutes on the Badgers because... That's about all they they need. I mean, there's not much to say. No. Not much to say. Absolutely took Kent State to the woodshed. Uh, Brewer season is done. We'll uh, touch on that. And um, like I said, the NBA at the tail end. So where do you want to start? Um how long is your bear flag going to last outside <laughs> your garage? I don't know. I mean, you were pretty despite you were, uh, I was pissed. Yeah, you were. Yeah. I yeah, was you, pissed. You and I were texting this weekend and I, I was doing some things, um, so I could get inside and watch the Packer game. And, uh, he, <laughs> you were just lighting them up on my phone. Yeah. You know, um, those London games are kind of always a crapshoot. You're never, quite sure just even looking back through the last few years those games tend to be a little unpredictable Mm -hmm. um so it wasn't like i expected them to go over there and trounce oakland i don't think oakland is nearly as bad as everybody made them out to be at the beginning of the year into what i'm starting to think yeah um but you know the bears just flat out weren't ready to play um they come out they turn the ball over they have some stupid penalties um they were, you could tell they were a step slow, and they were down 17 to nothing at half um, against a, you know, a team that, like I said, they're not as bad as everybody thought, but they shouldn't be up 17 to nothing at half on, on a Bear team that through four weeks has looked solid. Um, you know, uh, Chase Daniel, for all the talk of is he or is he not better than Trubisky, he's not. He's a backup, and he showed why on Sunday. Um, you know, he made two awful turnovers, one at the end of the game that was just a pretty ridiculous throw. <laughs> um, so I, I guess you can't be, you know, you can't scream at him. He, he kind of is what he is. He right. did, he did what he does. He had, I think two touchdowns and two picks. Hey, your backup sucks. Everybody's yeah, backup. Sucks. They do. Any, any backup can come in and win a game and play good or decent in a game. But, you know, as, as if you, you count on them for a keep full going, season, and Packer fans know this absolutely. from the last, last couple times Rodgers has been hurt. So, you know, the Bears storm back. They score 21 unanswered. It looks like they're going to win the game. Um, 
you know, the defense looked okay. Um, they gave up some pretty good yardage to Josh Jacobs, the Raider rookie running back, who's a good player. Um, but they kind of got out toughed. They lost to Keem Hicks early in the game, yep. and that really they were affects unsure, them. They were unsure time. if he was going to play to begin with. Yeah, and it looked like a, maybe a dislocated elbow. Ooh. So I don't know ah. if that's something that you can wrap up and play with. or I mean, they're going into a bye week this week, which is good yep. for, for them. Um, but they get to the last drive. They're up four. There's about six, six and a half minutes left, and they pin the Raiders on the three. So they got to go 97 yards to get a touchdown to win the game. Uh, they get out to about the 20, and the Bears stop them, and the Raiders are going to go to punt. And for whatever reason... Up four, getting the ball back with like four minutes left in the game. They're trying to block the punt. And what always happens in situations like that, they make a mistake. Yep. The guy runs into the punter, 15-yard penalty, automatic first down. So it was roughing, not it running was, into. I believe it was roughing, yes. Okay. Um, change the game. Bears defense has to go back on the field. They've been getting killed in time of possession all game. They've been on the field way too long. Raiders end up marching down the field, scoring a touchdown with under a minute to go. And as we talked about a couple weeks ago, um, when you're talking about a quarterback with under two minutes to go that has to get a game-winning touchdown drive, Chase Daniels didn't make my list <laughs> of the guys that I trusted. Uh-huh. Um, so, again, a sloppy, undisciplined team. It's been that way all year. That's on the coaches. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I'm watching it at, at my parents' house, and my dad's like, "Yeah, I would just cut that guy on Monday." Um, he's on special teams. He's not obviously an integral part of your right. your rotation. You can generally generally replace generally those replace guys. him. I think the guy's a backup linebacker. You just cut him. Like if you're going to be a Super Bowl team, like you, if you think you are, can't do that shit. I mean, that that literally cost them a game that they should have won. Um, it's kind of a microcosm of the whole season. Um, their line play has been a joke all year. Whatever quarterback has been back there has been constantly pressured. They've struggled to run the ball. Uh, Olin Krutz, yep. uh, a former Bears center, an all-pro center, came out the other day, uh, yesterday, and kind of was questioning whether or not Kyle Long's an NFL starter anymore. Um, I mean, I know he had he's three, been terrible. He'd be, he had three separate surgeries in the offseason, and he's basically like a walking shell he, he of himself. Is. He is, and 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 that happens. Um, but the Bears are paying him a lot of money. Well, that's fine. And they're but, relying on him to play. Well, yeah, but if it's doing you no good, is the backup that that far back of him in terms of talent where you can't put him in? I mean, is he the best you have? Or right now, are you just relying well, on his reputation and his name? The problem was their kind of their their Swiss Army Knife backup lineman, Ted Larson, didn't make the trip. He's hurt. So they've got, they've got serious offensive line issues, and as we'll talk about in the Dallas game, which was a big factor in that one as well, when your old line is hurt, there ain't a lot you can do. No. You know, um, so... I found this interesting. So Nagy is now coached 22 games for the Bears. I'm, I was going to ask you about him. I see you have some notes. Yeah. So he's coached okay. 22 games for the Bears, including the playoff game. His record is 15-7. and seven. Those seven losses in two years, and i got to stop banging the table. I was That's doing that right. last time. Those seven losses in the last two years are by a combined 25 total points. 
So you're talking about a little over a field goal right. per game it's they're not, losing. Not a wide margin. Last year, their five losses, including the playoffs, they lost by one, three, seven, three, and one. And then their two losses this year, it's seven and three. So they have not lost by more than a touchdown in any of these games. So what it tells you is they're in the game, but in all these games, there's one or two stupid things that they've done. They had the they 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 uh they blew that Packer game in week one last year. Should have mm-hmm. won it. They blew a game down in Miami. Remember that one where they, they gave oh, up that yeah. late long touchdown? Yes. Should have won that one. Then late in the season, they blow a game against the Giants that they should have won. They arguably could have won week one this year, and they should have won on Sunday. You're talking about a team that could literally have had two losses in the last two years, but instead they're sitting at 3-2 and now this year, tied with the Vikings for second place in the division, and looking at their schedule going forward, it's not looking pretty. So who do you put that on? Is that on Nagy? I mean, right now you... You can't make any judgments about. I mean, he he right now seems to have the or Lafleur, I should say, Matt Lafleur has the same reputation as Matt Nagy, not the other way around. As an offensive guy comes in dynamic, needs these pieces, very imaginative, very creative. You can't really judge him when you're dealing with a backup quarterback, but he has the starter in Trubisky. The wide receivers are not that good. He's got a couple of running back pieces that he likes. The line stinks. Can you can you put this on him for lack of offensive production given the tools that he has to work with in the last year and a half? Well, I would Play say calling aside because yeah, I mean, you said there's been a disparity with the pass run. I, I think other than the two Packer games, the offense hasn't been the problem. Okay, um, they didn't lose on Sunday because the offense. Uh, they lost because they had like 10 penalties for like 130 yards, and then they have that stupid one at the end of the game. Um, I mean, I think you got to put it on him, on Nagy, to a point. I mean, he he's calling the plays. This is He's the coach. Um, you know, that's just kind of comes with the territory. It's like right. being a quarterback. Yep. You know, you're, you're going to take the blame, and you're also going to get the praise. So um, I don't know. I, I'm not sure I – I think this buy is coming at the perfect time for them. They're three and two. They should be four and one. Could be five and zero. Oh, so they're not real far away from being in the conversation as the best team in the NFC. But if you've watched their five games, they don't look like a team that could be five and zero. Oh. Sure, it's kind of a function of who they played. Okay. Um, but you know, Trubisky getting another week to rest. Uh, sounds like he'll be back for the week after the bye. All right. You know, get Akeem Hicks an extra week to to try to heal up a little bit and some of the other guys that got banged up. Um, but, you know, coming out of the break, they got, they got the Saints, they got the Lions, they got the Rams, they still got to play the Chiefs yet. Um, so it's it's not going to be an easy road for the Bears to uh, to try to make the playoffs in a pretty pretty balanced NFC where I think it's going to be you know, down to the last game for maybe four or five teams this year. I'm looking at some offensive statistics, and Chicago is third to last in total yards a game, third to last in passing yards a game, and it looks like seventh to last in yards. Oh, yeah. I uh, mean, rushing yards per game. And I'm not saying that the offense has been good. I'm just saying, other than when they scored three against the Packers, mm-hmm. the offense hasn't really cost them anything yet. And points per game, it looks like they're fifth to last. Yeah. So, I mean, it's 
I just see it as offensive production. You watch games a lot more closely. You can narrow it down. But I guess to the normal guy on the street, when you see the scores and then you and then you look at some game summaries and read the stories and you're like, of course you're not going to win. You're not putting up many points. But right. the defense is so good, like like you you point out that you don't you don't lose by more than one score. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, right now I look at Matt Nagy. I'm like, you got to be getting us some more. Yeah. Or, or you got to at least discipline your team, yep. and maybe like your dad said, cut the boneheads. Yeah, cut them. That that don't send a message. Right. I, I, I can't really disagree with that. Um, has there been a defense since the? Um, trying to think, was it the 2001, 2000, 2001 Ravens that were really good? Mm-hmm. The year they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, with with Dilfer at quarterback. Has there been a defense that good in the NFL since then? Would you put this Chicago defense on par? I mean, the only one. Uh, no, not yet. Okay. They they got a ways to go. Um, I think the potential's there for that. I'm I'm just trying to draw comparisons about how the offense. I think it's the most comparable is themselves in 06. Okay. With the year they went to the Super Bowl with Grossman, and the year before that when they were real good with Kyle Orton. I mean. They were winning games by scoring defensive touchdowns. Devin Hester's running punts and kicks back. Um, You know, and that's another part. They got Cohen, and up until this game, this last game against Oakland, I don't think he'd had a return longer than like five yards. Corey Earl Patterson, they signed from the Patriots. They're putting him. Well, I mean, everybody just kicks the ball into the freaking stands. That's right. And then I think they had two. You know, and this is just another stupid thing. They score a touchdown to take the lead. And Anthony Miller, one of their wide receivers, who didn't even score the touchdown, gets a 15-yard penalty for taunting. So now you're kicking off from, you know, what, the 25? I'm very, and all of a sudden now, yeah. now field possession has changed by 15 yards. And very, it's like you, in close games, you can't do that stuff. Very aware of stupid penalties. They, they had a few of them in the, in, in the Packer game as well. Ugh. So, Yeah, let's move on to that. Okay. Jesus. Fine. Um... Obviously, another hot start for Green Bay. Got up to a big lead. A lot of people cashed in the game already. This is over. You were one of them. Um, the offensive line, and and we've seen it in the last couple of weeks, they've been really good. Elston Jenkins has been great. Corey Lindsley was lost. Lucas Patrick had to come in. Bulaga, for all of his, his age problems and his dings and nicks that he seems to go out but then return for the next week, um, he's been pretty highly rated by Pro Football Focus. David Bakhtiari had a had a couple of penalties, but he is one of the best left tackles, if not the best, um, in, in the league. And Billy Turner, they picked up from, uh, I believe it was the Broncos, um, in the offseason in free agency. Um, that's been a pretty solid offensive line. And I am one of the ones that was questioning. I know Michael and I were talking about it. I didn't think Aaron Jones was very good. Because it seemed like he got some contact and he dropped. And I didn't think that, okay, maybe you get a 100-yard game. Some guys can have that. But you haven't seen a full season of him. You don't know what he has. And there hasn't been a whole lot of production. And then, lo and behold, four rushing touchdowns, you know, 100 yards, rushing, more receiving. It's He's clearly a guy that helps that offense go and... I guess I'm going to have to put my foot in my mouth on that one. I don't know whether he's a top half back in the league, but for what that offense needs to have happen and and what the Cowboys were throwing at him defensively, 
he had a pretty stellar game. He did. He had a good game. I'm not ready to crown him. That, I you know, know. I mean, Me he had a good game. But but I'm not also asking for him to be replaced. No, no. Um, I think the Kenyon-Drake trade rumors can can go away now for the Packers. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, he had, a, he had a nice game. I think, you know, Dallas, for the last several years, the Packers have just been a really, really bad matchup for them. Um, I think a lot of it is scheme-related. You got Rod Marinelli running the defense for the Cowboys, and Rodgers is basically eating his lunch for the last decade. For sure. Going all the way back to when he was with the Lions. There's something there that the Packers just have been able to take advantage of time and again. Because so weird with a new coaching staff and a new scheme. And But doesn't it seem, the Packers, every time they go to Dallas, it seems like they score a lot of points. So I was I'm, wondering about about this team and looking at them in Dallas. They haven't played a turf game yet because they've they were at Chicago and they were at Green Bay and now this is their first game on Artifact. I'm wondering if this is a better team on turf. Well, probably is for guys like Jones. That that's what I mean. Yeah, and I it's, so I'm I'm wondering if this if this team it will help them if they have to go on the road to the places like Detroit and Minnesota if that will help them a little bit because they seemed a little bit faster a little bit quicker and it seemed like Dallas was a little bit knocked on their heels by that. Yeah, I think um, I think the. The first drive of the game was the turning point. I mean, Dallas marches down the field, looks like they're going to score an easy touchdown and take the lead and immediately turn the ball over. Yep. Packers get the lead, never relinquish it. And because Jason Witten, or because Jason Garrett is a clown <laughs> and because his offensive coordinator's 12, they just don't give the ball to Elliott. Like, what are you doing? Right. You did, just paid this guy fifteen million dollars a year. And did you watch the run defense last week? Yeah, for exactly. Green Bay? It makes so I mean, coaches in the NFL again are over, really they're so dumb. Overthinking. Oh my god. It's like Like it makes them seem stupid. It does. It, like that game plan that they had against Green Bay, like okay, you're down seven to nothing. I'm waiting till I'm down like thirty to nothing before I stop running if I've got Zeke Elliott on my team. Right. For sure, you know, but but you get down one score and all of a sudden it's panic mode. Yeah, and I don't understand why, but I, yeah. I don't know. I, I that'll lead us into a whole another conversation with with Prescott. But continue well, continue with the Packers. No, we'll, we'll get to Dallas. I but, mean, you know the the the. I heard I, your boy your boy Gottlieb had a great uh, uh, analogy you for him today. My guy, yes. He said Dak Prescott is Draymond Green, which I thought was a really good comparison. Where Can't it's like make an NBA you're reference. you're you're really you're a really good player, yes, but you're not the star of the team. And oh no! Like you're you're a you're a you're a star role player. Yeah. Like you're at your best when you're throwing if Dak when you're throwing twenty to thirty times, but you're running the ball for one hundred and fifty. Just like Draymond Green, you're not going to give him the ball with the shot clock running down and say, hey, go make a play. No, he's going to be the guy that sets up Curry to make the play. Now, at the same time, though, he can be dominant because you saw him pick apart the Packers' defenses at times, but then again, when he needed to make a throw, I mean, he had three three interceptions. Yeah, but One was not on him because it was right through. These games were the scores so lopsided, though, and the defense just kind of relaxed. I mean, the Packers were up 31-3. to See, I mean, he's gonna he's gonna put up some stats. We've talked about this before. If that's New England and that's Bill Belichick, 
that d- that stays a lopsided score, and it probably gets worse nah, because nah. the gas pedal is never taken what off. What is with, with him. the Packers in that? That's what I I don't understand. They can't put their foot on somebody's neck. And it's a different coach, right? Which is weird. Which I mean, I've I've tweeted about that. That all of a sudden you get up a couple scores, and then you see the shades of the Mike McCarthy conservatism. And it's like, okay, well, we're done scoring. We don't need to be as aggressive, and we don't need to do that. Well, you're putting so much pressure on your defense when you don't go for the jugular all the time. Like, you need to keep scoring points. That's what the offense is out there for, not just burn time off the clock. I tweeted about that on, on Sunday. It seemed like they weren't playing the Cowboys. They were playing the clock. Yeah, and and I've always been of the opinion, like, especially football, in games like that, I want to get my quarterback out. Mm-hmm. I want him standing next to me in the fourth quarter. I do not want him to take any extra unnecessary hits in a game that is out of hand well, than he needs to. You know when you can do that? When you're up 50. Exactly. So it, get up by 50. I, it's weird. I don't I, I don't understand. I, I, well, and, and Aikman, Aikman was even talking about it during the game. Like, the Packers were snapping the ball with, like, 10, 12 seconds left on the game there, clock. There, yeah, there, were, there was one in particular, and they and, and they replayed that, and they he circled the Don't you think that's on – is that on Rogers, though? Can, Should be. I mean, can He's he, He's looking like, right at the, yeah. goal, the goal post where one of the, one of the clocks is. Absolutely it is. Yeah. But also, Lafleur talked to him when they went off the field. Okay, and, and, well, and I, I would assume that was part of the conversation. God, like, you wouldn't think you'd have to tell a 35-year-old MVP quarterback that, would you? I wouldn't think, but at the same time, maybe Rodgers is out there. It's like, I don't give a shit about the time. Let's go score some fucking points. Maybe. Let's go. What are we doing? Yeah. And, and may, maybe that was part of it because that seemed – it didn't seem really contentious, but it seemed like Rodgers had a point where he's like, I don't give a shit about the clock. Let's go. We're trying to run a play. We're trying to get in the end zone. Yeah. Don't worry about – I'm not worried about the clock. clock will take care of itself. I did have to laugh, though, and I, t- I texted you early in the game in the first quarter. Like, I'm watching it, and I'm – and and Rodgers throws up this weird, like, sidearm, sidearm to Jones. floater. Yep. No, it wasn't to Jones. Oh. It was uh to – Robert Tanyan on the sideline, and he makes a toe-tap sideline catch. catch. And I just I texted you, and I said, well, this is going to be one of these games where no-name no guys, name guys yep. Aaron Jones, have the well, greatest game of their life. You were like, who's Bob Tanyan? Who the I'm hell like, is Bob Tanyan? Big Bob Tanyan. Absolutely. Fourth tight end on the depth chart. Yeah. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> well, but that, And that's where, like, if you're a Cowboy fan, you're probably just sitting there going, here here we go. Right. Here here comes the, you know, the Jared Cook on the right. sideline that's catch right. kind of crap. So I, I don't know if this instilled in me some more confidence or not. I mean, I don't like the fact that when the defense needed to get a stop, they had to rely on a turnover to do it. I'd rather you just get them to do a three and out or force them into a punt or whatever. But in the second half, I mean, Dallas – was just carving them up. So whether it was relaxation, guys started to go down due to injury left and right, um, and they got a lot of guys banged up. Savage is now out with a high ankle sprain. Looks doubtful that he's going to play on Monday against the Lions, and he was he was having a pretty decent rookie season up up through these first five games. So, I mean, the, the injuries are starting to take the toll, and it's good that the bye week comes at the halfway point. Um, it probably can come a little earlier, Um but especially after those two road games in L.A. against the Chargers, and then where else do they have to go? Is it the Chiefs? Yes, maybe? I believe okay. so. So, I mean, that that's going to come after those bye weeks, and it's going to be sorely needed um, at that point. But I'm, I'm just wondering whether some of these injuries will now start to play a factor. It very well could. Um, you know, and I just, I can't, I can't figure out 
quite what I think of this Packer team yet. Mm-hmm. They've beat three teams in the Bears, the Vikings, and the Cowboys who are all going to be in the playoff mix. They're going to be two of the three, one of the three are going to make the playoffs, but I think they're all going to be in the mix. And they've beat those teams, and they you know handled Dallas, obviously, quite handily. But, like, it hasn't looked great. The offense, I mean, you, you know, you, Aaron Jones had a nice game. Rodgers was good. I didn't think he was great. No. He said it was the best that he thought he's played all year. Didn't have a touchdown. Yeah. But he didn't need to have didn't a touchdown. Didn't need to. Didn't need to. So you can't. I'm not necessarily talking stats. I mean, he made some some kind of, you know, Rodgers, Farvesque, yes. weird yep. throws. That, Left-handed that, yeah, push you know, kind he, of he stuff. He had some yeah. of that stuff going on. So I, I get what he's saying, but. I don't know, man. It's just hard to get a handle on this team. I look at the defense. The defense played pretty well, but then it's like, well, the Dallas is missing their all-pro left tackle, and their right tackle gets yep. hurt during the game. Um, Pass they, rush they were, got to him they were bit, all yeah. over Prescott all game, and part of that is, again, it's easy to rush the passer when you're winning and the other team refuses to run the ball. And maybe Garrett says, well, I didn't run the ball because I didn't have my tackles. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, but I'd rather do that than kill, let my quarterback get killed. I guess I'm... The jury is out for me probably until the bye week. Yeah. Because you've got all these home games. It's front-loaded at home for this year. they got a lot of away games, but they've won their two away games against two pretty good teams. Right, right. Like you said, playoff teams. And they're going to have two more road games against playoff teams from the other conference. So I would be curious to see how those go before you make an overall determination of, okay, here's what we're shooting for. Obviously, you're shooting for the playoffs, but are we thinking... 10 and 6? Are we thinking 12 and 4? Um, I don't know that I'm going to get a real good handle on that until the bye week. God, but you look at it, though, and you're 4 you're and 1. I mean, if you go, what, 7 and 4 the rest of the season, mm-hmm. you're 11 and 5. You probably win the North. Probably. You know? Probably. You've already beaten the two your two of your three competitors. You play the, the third one Monday night. Yep. You have a chance to be 3 and 0 oh in the division. I mean, if if that happens, they're going to be sitting pretty. I don't know. I'm again. Uh, oh, the, God. oh. The, the, I just I just kind of threw up a little bit. Those <laughs> two road games, um, before the bye week will be the big indicator for me. Yeah, going forward. Well, and so. they're they're good teams. Yes. So. All right. Um, let's look around the league. You you, you did indicate. Uh, it's a, It was a strange week. Yeah, it was. Very strange week. I saw a lot of the scores as I was reading them on Monday when I was on the air, and I went. I was just looking at it because I didn't watch a whole lot outside of the Packers and a little bit of the Bears, but I I was like, really? To a lot of these. Yeah. It was very odd, including last night. Oh, yeah. What the hell? M- Monday night. Very, very weird. Uh, the Browns, um, I mean, a little overrated. That's one of those, um, you know, they look good getting off the bus, but. Once the game starts, it's kind of a disaster. Picks, fumbles, hundred yards for Mayfield. Eight sack for twenty-two. Times. Yeah. He was. Yeah, the pass Ooh. rating of what, what? What did I read this morning? Like thirteen point four something like That's that. That's disgusting. Just, it was so bad. So big wins for Seattle. I saw a lot of polls um, today. Um, which is the best team in the NFC right now? Seahawks, Saints, Packers, and then I they listed somebody else that I. <sighs> I can't Cowboys. I really it just as a football fan, I just don't want to see another Seahawk Packer playoff game. Just tired of it. They're terrible games. <laughs> they just it's like, you know, it's like 18 to 12 yeah. kind of games and they just and they're ugly. And Seattle's offense is like going to the dentist. It's hard to watch. <laughs> 
It's a lot of Russell Wilson running around trying to pull something hey. out of his ass. And he's been doing it. I mean, he's probably one of the two or three leading MVP candidates, I would say, to this point. My head's going to explode if that But happens. they're just not, they're not a very aesthetically pleasing team to watch, you know? Well, well it doesn't matter if you win ugly, apparently. No, you just it doesn't. Winning. It doesn't. Um, Houston... Was that a lopsided game as well? Yeah, they scored 50. Yeah. Yeah. Thought I read that. Um, Saints, Colts, surprising, handing the Chiefs their first loss. Yep. Um, Packers, you mentioned. Vikings got it done as well. And then the Niners last night, 4-0. and And I didn't look at their first four games and who they played. Uh, is, is, this a, is this a phantom 4-0? and It is. Okay. Uh, I looked uh, shortly right. before you got here. They beat. They won at Tampa. They won at Cincinnati. They won at home against Pittsburgh. They had a bye, and they won it uh, at Cleveland. Okay, first so team. They beat they, first team who? Tampa. Tampa. Okay, outside of the surprising game against the Saints, they beat the okay. AFC North minus Baltimore. Right. And Tampa. Cincinnati hasn't won yet. Nope. No Roethlisberger for Pittsburgh. Nope. And then last night, correct? Which they that the Brown. Yeah. They're that's only the second worst schedule of an undefeated team. We'll we'll get to that in a second. All right. Uh, the bad losses definitely go to the Bears. The Rams, I was yeah. I, I guess I shouldn't call that a bad loss, but it's no. a it's a it's oh, a tough one. Yes, it's a tough That's one. That's right. Chargers was a little weird. I yeah. thought I don't know what to make of that team. Um, Cowboys, you mentioned uh, KC losing to Indy, and then Cleveland to San Francisco. Yeah. So, um, like you said, weird weird week. Um, all right, you want to talk about the well? Un- yeah, the the, the two the undefeated. We got New England at five and zero, and the Niners at four and zero. And I just ran down the uh, the Niners teams. Yep. So isn't you've got, the Patriots supposed to technically have the best schedule? I think in, so when it came league. out. Yeah. 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 And so now what? So they are five and zero. Oh. They have played the Jets, the Dolphins, the Bills. Oh oh. Uh, the Steelers and uh, Bills Washington. Game a, Bills game was a game, and and the Bills are four and one. Five and eighteen is the combined record of the five and four teams. Four of those victories are from one team. From one team who has only scored over twenty one points once. Um <laughs> so yep. what, that's one in one in seventeen yeah. for four of the five teams yep. that New England's played. Mm-hmm. So just keep that in mind when everybody tells you how great their defense uh, is, which is ranked basically number one across the board. Yeah, who they um, play. Look who they're playing. Well, and, and again, I think this is an, another product of like you, like we do in baseball. I don't get too excited until the all-star break. I'm not getting too excited until the midway point of the NFL season. Okay, your your defense can be good, but we need to have a little perspective and look at your schedule for the first four or five games. But they're 5-0 and now, which basically translates to they're 7-0 now because they're going to beat the Jets and the Dolphins, Dolphins again for yes, sure. That's right. And they play Buffalo one more time in New England, so that's pretty much guaranteed win. Now you're eight and zero, and they play the Giants um, Thursday night uh, this week, so that's nine and zero. So basically, they got to probably win three more games, and they have home field throughout. <laughs> that's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. that's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Wow. But Tom Brady's a goat. Oh man! <laughs> All right, winning records for the NFC North. So you have to say that's. One of the best team divisions in football right now, mm-hmm. and then the other one. I mean, I hate to say it, the Niners record are out wise. There. You know? Niners are out there. The Seahawks are out there. The Rams are out there, and the Cardinals. Yeah. They stink. But still, three out of the four, mm-hmm. pretty good. Yeah. So the NFC West is probably out there as well. Yeah, I would agree. All right. Week six, you mentioned the Giants and the Patriots Thursday night. Um, no thanks. Yeah. Right. How does Carolina keep competing with a backup? 
I don't, seems, I, seems like he's kind of galvanized the team, and that defense has really picked it up. Are they tired of Cam well, Newton? Truthfully, yes. Christian McCaffrey might be oh, the best for offensive sure. player, off non quarterback. What did he rush for on Sunday? Oh, it might have been two. Was it two? Close to it, man. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's awful good. He, I think he is probably going to take the mantle from Red Grange as the greatest white running back ever. <laughs> Red Grange and uh, Peyton Hillis are going to fight him for it. but Peyton Hillis was on Madden. I don't think they had And then he completely had. fell off oh, the earth. Oh, man, did he? <laughs> Unbelievable. All right, what, what do you make of the Tampa team? I mean, you can put up 50 against the Saints, but, you know. I mean, Jameis Winston's your quarterback. You're just going to be inconsistent. Kay. You're going to have those weeks where you score a lot because you throw to Mike Evans. And then you're going to have the weeks where the other team's like, oh, yeah, Tampa's got Mike Evans. Let's guard him. Does this seem like a very weird game for the Seahawks going to Cleveland? I, For some reason, I can see the Browns winning this game. And and completely inexplicably. Yeah. As I th- well. I think uh, I think Cleveland's got to be feeling a little desperate. Not, not necessarily to maybe save their season, but mm. they're just... There's just a lot of bad mojo flowing their way right now. I mean, there was this this controversy with Baker Mayfield not shaking Richard Sherman's hand at the God. coin toss, which has now been refuted because they actually have video from the game of them shaking hands at the coin toss line. But it's just, you know, and you got Beckham and all of his crap, and you've got this rookie head coach, and they really they haven't beat anybody any good in two years. So they need to win against a team that's going to make the playoffs. Saw the tweet last night during the game, and I completely agree with it. As much as I was anxious to get him out of town, they made a mistake in not hiring Mike McCarthy over Freddie Kitchens. Oh, 100%. 100%. Did. Yeah. Period. End of story. I know that Baker and Kitchens seem to be buddies last year, but eh, that's, when, yeah, he's but that's, the, that's not when he's the coordinator. That's, that's right. different. That's not a good coach quarterback relationship if you're buddies no I, I was cool with my college assistant coach too and then he became the head coach and how'd that work not as well <laughs> uh texans at the chiefs chiefs reeling at home texans coming off a 50 point game but i don't know what to make of houston either yeah casey's a little banged up mahomes was limping around pretty good yeah. he's only thrown one touchdown the last two games for a guy who was throwing averaging like four or five during a pretty wicked stretch last year yeah that's that's low. But Watkins is banged up, uh, still without Tyreek Hill. Uh, they're starting running backs, been out for a couple games. So um, it's a good time to catch KC if you want to gra- try to get him, especially is, there. The Tua Bowl is in oh Miami. My God. I mean, do you black this game out? Do, I mean, you have to locally, don't you? Who's going to go to this? Washington and yeah. Miami? Nobody's going to go. Could you imagine how mad you'd be if you lived in one of those markets though, and you had to watch that? Like if you didn't have the package or something? I might, I would just, I don't know if I would hate I don't that. know if there's ever been a worse matchup that I can remember of two teams. Really? It, I mean. Because this is going to be this their only like win, right? One of them. One of them. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm assuming that Jay Gruden got fired by the Redskins because he didn't want to play Haskins. Because he's already yeah. run through three quarterbacks. Cause what's the yeah. point? I mean, your own five, your team stinks. What's the point of firing him? Uh, no. Unless it's a unless it's like a personnel issue? I don't know. So now he they're going to throw, he, if they throw Haskins out there, that kid's not ready. He No, absolutely he's not. Just but not it ready. doesn't matter when the ownership and the and the GM will like play the game. Right. The coach is like, guys, I'm telling you, this is a bad idea, whatever. Okay, then we're going to get somebody who's going to do what we want. Uh, you're out of here. They learned nothing from the RG3 situation is what this tells me. The, they this, learned nothing. This is the one of the biggest dumpster fire ownerships in 
probably sports history, oh. the Dan Snyder era in Washington. LeVar Arrington, I saw an interview with him yesterday. He And he played for the Redskins. Oh, yeah, he was drafted by the Redskins, yes. played for the Redskins. He said that you were instructed as a player that if you were not of a certain stature, you were not supposed to look Daniel Snyder in the eyes. Shut up. And you were... Everybody, regardless of your stature on the team, had to call him Mr. Snyder. And he's like, I'm an adult. My dad is Mr. This dude ain't Mr. And he was just saying how, like, the culture there is terrible. Um, You know, and it's going to be that way as long as Snyder owns the team. As long as he owns the team. Which, to me, the, the billionaire guys who are pompous enough to really think they can turn it around and not realize what the track record is like and all the destruction they've left in their wake. You don't deserve to have an NFL team. One playoff win this century. century. I think five playoff appearances since they won the Super Bowl in 91. Something like, I mean, they're basically, they are the NFC's, who, Bron- they're the Browns of the who NFC. Who did they, what NBA got its team taken away from its Clippers. owner? Clippers. They should, the NFL should well, gang, gang up and do And this. the funny thing about it is, Donald Sterling used to make everybody in his organization, call him Mr. Mr. Sterling. Sterling. So good, good parallel there. Yeah. All right, Minnesota hosts Philadelphia. A, that could be a fun game to watch. I, I would think so. I'd, I'd like to see Turf that be a, both of them. Maybe an after. Well, no Packer game, so that could be a noon game. But I hope to get to watch that one. Uh, New Orleans at Jacksonville. Gardner Minshew, I think, is going to need a miracle on this one. I think the tarnish is. I'll starting. tell you what. This is a. If you're a betting man, I'd love to see the line on this. This is a trap game for the Saints. Teddy Bridgewater's been playing pretty well. Everybody's talking about how good their defense is. You go on the road to lowly Jacksonville. I don't know. All right. Could be interesting. Cincinnati at Baltimore. Um, Saint, or the, God, uh, that's a dumpster. Bengal, Bengals have not won a game. Ugh. They won't win this one. Trade Dalton to the Bears. <laughs> I just said that last week. Uh, the Rams and the 49ers. This could be it for San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. I would we're, well, we're going to find out how good they are. I, I would think so. We're, we're going to find out. Road game against uh, the what I still think is the best team in that division. Mm-hmm. We'll see. All right. Uh, who else we got? Atlanta, oh, Arizona, pass. Yeah. Uh, Tennessee at Denver. Denver just picked up its first victory. Okay. Tennessee's got a good defense. That's, but I don't, that's a 14-10 to 10 game Yeah, right I don't there. know that I want to watch that either. Um, Dallas, this is a good bounce-back game for them. The Jets haven't won yet. They're last in the league in offense. I did see scored. Darnold is uh, set to play. Okay. He'll be, he will be back. All right. Um, Sunday night will be the Chargers hosting the Steelers. This could be another good bounce-back game for L.A. And then Monday night, um, Packers hosting the Lions. Speaking of bounce-back, dude, I'm... you see um, Mason Rudolph bounce off the turf? You told me to watch Woo! it, and I couldn't bring myself to. It wasn't like it was... You know, it wasn't that gruesome. He got no, he got a when, helmet to the jaw, but, but I mean he was you, out. When you have to take your face mask off, I mean the look on his face was like, oh he he didn't know he might okay. he must have been on Mars. No, no, I'm good, guys. It's like I like that made me uncomfortable. He had that Rogers after the Bear game last year look in his eye. Just a weird kind of grin. Yeah, but like you're the Pittsburgh Steelers I, and you don't even have a cart to get this guy off the field. Saint, what the hell? Saints. Yeah, and 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 there was no backup cuz <laughs> cuz the original cart was broken. I I was I was listening I can't remember what podcast or who I was listening to, but they 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 just messed that up so badly because and and again, 
as a game manager or field manager, whoever has some sort of an operations title in this whole thing, isn't there a checklist that you go through? You would think Is so. Is the cart working? Okay, if it's not, do we have a backup ready? Check, check. Something, right? You go find a golf cart. Just a regular ass something. We'll, we'll put them in there. Put them on the roof. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. I don't Jesus. Know. All right. Uh, bye weeks, Bills, Bears, uh, Colts, and the Raiders. Yeah. And uh, just to wrap up our NFL, um, Jaguar. Okay. So it says, see, now I have one from SB Nation. Jaguars open as one-point favorites against the Saints. And then Saints Wire. Take that for what it's worth. New Orleans opens as single-point road favorites over the Jaguars. So hmm. you're right around even. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm a little surprised by that. So, but All right, oh, moving I, on. I was just going to ask, um, sure. have the Packers and Lions ever played on Monday Night Football before? I would assume so. I, I can't remember it. Well, I'm sure they did way back in the Barry Sanders days, but maybe I, I, I they always remember. sucked. I don't remember in the in the recent future, but my memory in that it's just stuff a, is not I, good. when I saw that I was like, wow, that's a I'll have to ask interesting Michael. matchup. Michael's got the uh, stump the Schwab mind about this, but the Bears and the Packers. Stuff. I mean, how, you know, are, are we about done with the the primetime games? Can we? We get oh, back there's on a normal there's here? so many noontime games in the second half of the season. Good. It's like it's it's all front loaded with home games and non noon games. Good. So la- the second half of the season is 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 mostly get me noon. back in my comfort zone. All right, move to the Brewers. Ah, we were we were talking. We did so our last. Sad. Yeah, we we did our last podcast the the day the night of the wild card game. Got out to an early lead. Woodruff gave him what five. Five yeah, innings, yeah. I think, and and you had you had expected two or three. Yeah, he he was great. I mean, he was throwing gas. Yep. I mean, I turned it on late, and they were already up. Um. Yeah, two run homer from Grandall in the first. Yep. Solo Thames. shot from Thames, Thames in, in the, the second. second. Yep. Um. And then they they're they're fighting and they're looking to close it out, and then things just fall apart. Hater couldn't locate his slider. Um, he was throwing all fastballs. People were teeing off. And that that hit to Grisham, it didn't even look like it was that solid. The guy, it didn't look like he was trying to punch it to right. He was just behind on it, and he hit it to right. And if you look at it, and Grisham said it took some funky spin, he had a good line on it, and it darted to, it his, did. Darted it to did. his left. But he charged a little bit too hard, and it didn't give him time to recalibrate. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't put a lot of angst on him oh no not I mean, at all it's a kid in his first yep. playoff game trying to make a play um he wasn't obviously going to throw anybody out at home it was going to be a tie game anyway and i think it i think at that point of the game the momentum had shifted so much it would have been awful tough for the to brewers to pull that one out don't, but don't disagree i'll tell you you know <laughs> the eighth inning again for this team and Pomerantz comes in and he's rolling, blows through the seventh inning, and you take him out. And is, and I, you know, I the the is this two a inning overthinking. I I'm not a fan of two inning Josh Hader. I'm sure somebody can come up with a statistic that would tell me that I'm wrong, but whenever it seems like I watch this guy pitch two full innings, it doesn't work. Um, I, I don't understand. You you can bring him in in the middle of an inning. He doesn't need to start the inning. Um, you had a full complement in the bullpen of guys to use. Um, but I would have just left Pomerantz in there. You still had your left-hander in. He had been pitching well. He'd been pitching great the whole end of the season. Um, you know, Hater Hater's got to do his job. 
I mean, the last two appearances for him, he blew the game in Colorado. They could have gotten them within one on the final day of the regular season to win the division. And then you blow this one. Um, you know, nobody's perfect. I'm, I get that. But, you know, Hater's job is to be the shutdown guy. He didn't get it done. It's going to be a really long winter for him. Um, it's disappointing because I'm not sure the Brewers would have beat the Dodgers. Um, hey, that series is tied at two apiece. It's tied at two apiece. But they also have no no question. I mean, this is the the top two pitching spots on either team yeah. are very, very and even for the Dodgers, they can go top three. Yeah, very very good for sure. Um, you know, and the Brewers were pretty banged up. I mean, Braun was. Really struggling yeah, to was. move around in yeah, left you, field. You could see him. I mean, Kane had oh my from from the waist down. That dude's like an eighty year old man. <laughs> um, you know, so they were banged up, nicked up a little bit, and and you know, this time of year, everybody's got that going on. Sure. But um, would have been would have been fun if they could have won that game. I, I had gotten tickets for Game Three, which would have been last night at home, or Game Four, which would have been last night at home, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, I just. I mean, how do you define the season? I mean, what what's, you know, if you're going to give it a grade, I mean, what do you give it? I mean, I had higher aspirations coming in because when you get within, and, and this is, everybody said this from the get-go, whether they've been up or when they've been down, you get within a game of the World Series, you think the World Series is in sight. Yeah. Um. So obviously that's, and it's hard for me, to realistically set my sights on a championship for any team that I root for because I'm just a natural pessimist. But when you get that close, it says to me that ownership and management needs to put you over that point and better even your chances and strengthen. And I'm not sure that they did that and went all in like they should have. Um, But at the same time, Injuries hurt. You're going to have that. They came at inopportune times. They had their swells um, when they were down in the dumps. But the way they closed out in September, I mean, man, it just it made me feel really good about the team, but it also made me feel what would it have been like if you guys had shown this in spots elsewhere in the season? And 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 some, some guys that were coming through in September – could have come through earlier when some of the guys, some of the regulars were out. Yeah. And what really bothered me was the fact that the Cardinals won the division. Yeah, yeah. I could have stomached the Cubs. I I really could have. I hate the Cardinals. Yeah. And watching last night and and getting your texts about Yadier Molina just Two at, words. made me just want to run into traffic. Yeah. Um. But so, I mean... It left me with a good taste because of what they accomplished in September, but at the same time, it's such a gut punch ending. It is. Well, anytime you lose that wild card game, it's it's just you do so, so much to get in, yes. and then all of a sudden, it's Boom. screeching brakes. Yep. You know what I mean? And but looking ahead to the Dodgers, like you said, I wouldn't have been very confident heading into that series. Probably either. not. No. So. No, and and I, you know, I was with you. Most of the season with, you know, you got to go out and you got to get some help. You got to go out and get some pitching. Um, I think in hindsight now, I think they did the best they could with the resources that they had and with who was available. Um, they were never going to get a Granky 
No, and I'm not calling for him to get an you know, elite starter. I just don't know that there was anybody out there that they didn't get, that they could have got, that ended up doing well down the stretch. I mean, look, this team had some things happen this year that nobody could have foreseen. You lose Knable to Tommy John before the season starts. Jeremy Jeffress, he just petered out, you know, and and those that was your those were your seventh eighth inning guys. Corbin Burns, they tried to turn him into a starter, and it got to the point where they couldn't even pitch him. He spent most of the year in the minor leagues. That was your sixth, seventh, and eighth. That was your bridge from your starter to hater last year, and they were all gone. Um, nobody could have predicted that Travis Shaw was going to have the kind of year that he had. I mean, I've never seen anything like that in baseball that I can think of where you take a 30-homer guy, not just once, not like Aguirre where he just had a fluke year. This dude hit 30 homers twice, hit 280, 260. He was hitting like a buck Buck. 30. Seven homers, something like that. Nobody saw that coming. But at the same time, do you also think they tried to stick with it too long? And maybe we should either cut your losses by sending them down a little bit earlier. I mean, there were calls for well, that but for I think, a long yeah, time. Yeah, but I think when you've hit 60 home runs the two prior years, I think you've earned some rope. For a team that's trying to compete for a World Series, how how much rope can you give before it actually starts hurting you? Well, because your option was Hira, right. and you weren't going to bring him up until all the contractual stuff that happens in May happened. Um and that's and that's when they made the move. I mean, they gave Shaw six, seven weeks to kind of right the ship. He couldn't get it done. They sent him down. Um, you know, they had some guys underperform. You know, Freddie Peralta and Corbin Burns were supposed to be starters for them. They couldn't get the job done. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, Burns kind of disappeared, and Peralta became a, a quality middle relief guy. Um, you know, who knows what happens if you have Brent Suter the full year? He was a pleasant right. surprise yes, down the was. stretch. So there's a lot, you know, and then obviously the big one, I mean, how many baseball games have you watched in your life? You ever seen a guy break his kneecap with a foul ball? No. Like Yelich did? I mean, that was just a complete fluke. fluke. So all those things happen, and then we got some nice things. We got to see Hira yes. and see what kind yep. of a hitter he's going to be. He's got a lot of work to do in the field. Grisham, outside of that last error, looked like a, he looked like like a very pleasant surprise. A, a, a nice fourth outfielder for now, yep. potential starter down the road. Mm-hmm. Um so there's some nice things to look forward to. Um, unfortunately, there's some stuff not great to look forward to, and that's free agency. Yeah, they got a lot going well, on. Well, they got Grandal, Mustakis, and Thames, and Pena are the position players that could all be gone. There's your the, there, there's your two catchers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then you've got Chase Anderson, Albers, uh, Lyles, Geo, and Pomerantz on the pitching staff who could all be gone. Well, they already so, let Geo go once. They already let Lyles go once. I, I think that... Um, from the pitching standpoint, Anderson's set to make like $8 bucks. They're not going to bring him back at that. Okay. If they can bring him back at a lower number, it's possible. They're not bringing him back for eight. Albers is gone. Geo's gone. I think they would really like to bring Lyles back. I would like to see them bring Pomeranz back at a, at a, you know, I'm always leery of these bullpen guys of giving him a lot of money, but well, I mean, the nice he, thing with him, he could start. That's what I mean. You. He used to be a starter, yes. too. So, I mean, where do you want to put him? Right. So, you've got a little versatility there. Um I think Thames will be back. Um, 
I think that uh, there's a very good chance Mustakis comes back. Well, they unloaded Aguilar. They wouldn't do that if they weren't expecting Thames to actually stick around. Yeah, because they don't for, really for have. I mean, they've got some guys that could play first. Yeah, you got like but, a free test or a Tyler Austin, for, but they aren't first baseman. And you next year with all the the lower leg problems that he's been having the last few years, I Braun. think you're going to see Braun there a little bit more. Okay. Um, I think it's going to be really hard to bring Grandall back. I think somebody's going to give him a multi-year deal. I would really like to see him and Moose back. I would too, but it's going to be very, very tough to do. Um, Manny Pena, I'd be fine with him coming back. I think he's 32 or 33, so he's he's what, on the back nine. What What's the future of the catching position well, now in the organization? Freitas, who they brought up late in the year. Um Nottingham, Nottingham, but those guys have not really shown that they're major league guys, so you may have to spend some money and go out and get somebody if Grandall walks. So, um, All right. I don't think there's a big splash in the cards. I think right now with some of these guys, Yelich, Braun, Kane, they got they got some money tied up. If they want to bring Mustakis and try to bring Grandall back. That's where your core of your money is going to be. Sure, um, but I don't know. It's uh, all right. It's going to be a fun off season. I, I think this was a pretty successful year for the Brewers. Okay. If you make the playoffs two years in a row for in sure. that market, Don't when you're looking at some of the other teams, you look at the Mets and the Phillies and you know teams like that, that, I mean, they struggled to even make it once in a decade. Right. So um, we're pretty lucky right now in all, right. in all of Wisconsin sports, to be honest. Um, you want to touch on the playoffs? Because I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm not watching. Well, we're 2-2 uh, Cardinals-Braves, and yep. we're 2-2 Nationals-Dodgers. Yep. Both game fives will be played tomorrow. Uh, the Yankees swept the Twins. And the game four tonight between the uh, Tampa and uh, Astros. Yep. Ver- and Ver- Verlander Verlander's on three days rest. On three days rest. That game's going on right now. So right now the Yankee the Yankees-Astros series is going to look to be really good, I think. Yeah, and one thing I wanted to say about this, this Yankee-Twin thing. You know, the Twins win 100 games, and they smash the hell out of the ball, and everybody loves to say, well, baseball's about hitting home runs now. No, it's not. Because you get into the playoffs. Totally different. It's a totally different game. You're not team, facing the number fours no, and the number fives. You're not playing guys on, yep. on screwed up schedules. Yep. And, and you're, you're playing the cream of the crop. You're playing them in short series. And it's way more matchup based in the regular season. And these guys like like the Twins have, guys like Scope and, and people like that that strike out a lot and don't make a lot of contact and are just waiting for the home run. You see what happens. You get a lot of games where they're scoring one or two runs. Some of the Dodgers guys are struggling like that too. Yep. I mean, I had uh, well, the, well, the producer Bellinger. Both, I think he's only got like two singles he, in the whole he, series. He's like at point nine or something yeah. like that, or he might have just be over one. But I was talking the Dodgers fan at the radio station is the producer for um, both the talk shows, and he just came in. He's like, "Does it? Do you ever get where your favorite team?" Basically, is an old dog, and you just want to take it out to the middle of a field and just put it out of its misery. Yeah. And I was like, "You are the best team in the National League, right? Let's, By a lot. Let's By a lot. Let's pump the brakes on sending them out, putting them out to pasture. Okay. Right. You know. I mean, but and I had to tell him, I'm like, yeah, these guys mashed during the regular season, but it's a lot like what you said about the Twins. You're not facing the number three, four, and five guys. Right. You're facing everybody's one and two, and you're facing Scherzer and Strasburg. Right. What are you expecting? Exactly. To just light them up all the time? It doesn't work like that. No, not at all. Not at so, all. So, anyway, that's that's all I can say about that. All right. We're uh, closing in on the hour mark. Uh, Badgers in Kent State, whatever. They're, they're still... <laughs> I mean, Jonathan Taylor had a good, you know, a good... Great. Great, yeah. 
Great. I mean, he five, scored four five or five touchdowns. He's third yeah. on the on the rushing list against the Sisters of the Poor. Um, I, I saw a really interesting tweet from somebody, and I can't remember who it was, that they said one of the things that they don't like about college football, and it's down on the list, is the fact that you get these small schools. Oh, I saw somebody said that to you, yeah. In yeah. Division One, and you basically schedule them so you can look good, pile up some stats, get a victory, and pay them a shitload of money to just basically get pounded away from home. And I'm not, and I started to think about that a little bit and I'm like, what good does it do, do your team except for basically get their confidence up? Do you, do you think they know they just played a completely inferior you're, opponent? You're saying what good does it do for the Badgers? Yeah. Um, to, to just smash the shit out of them. I mean, to me, you're going to win that game. I'd play all my starters one half and get everybody out. Well, what's the option? Schedule somebody harder. Now, but why would you do that? I don't know. So what? So you want to play? I don't know. You want to play? Oh, give me somebody. You want to play Tennessee? A, yeah, give me somebody from a Power Five okay. conference that's not necessarily as good they, as an Alabama or whatever. And now they beat you. Now you have a stupid home loss on your record. I don't know. In a game that shouldn't that should be a win did that now even, keeps you out of the playoffs. Did you even watch though? No, 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 no. no, no. I'm not, nobody was there. No, I mean it just doesn't it the, doesn't do anything that's for me that, as that's, a fan. Yeah, that's the college um system of, you know, um the Badgers pay him a bunch of money to come in, like you said. It gives the kids at the lower schools an opportunity to play in the bigger bigger stadiums. Do they really want that when they're getting crushed oh, by sixty? Hundred percent. And it also allows them to be scouted because there's going to be many more scouts at a Big Ten game than there's going to be at a MAC game. So there are advantages. I think there are way more advantages for the um, smaller school than for the larger school. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what the option is if you're the larger school because you if don't you schedule lose. another larger school, you don't want to lose. Right. You know, it's I, just. I, I mean, I'm not wound up about it. It was just one of those things where you see the non-conferences, and it's just really hard to get if, excited about going to games. If it was more like basketball. It wouldn't be as big a deal because because you because can suffer a loss. You can you can overcome yes. a bad loss in November. You lose in, in that hoops. game against Kent State, and your playoff hopes are done. Are, done are, are done. done. I don't I don't know that you can recover even if you win the Big Ten title. But you know, you never know. I mean, remember the year Gary Anderson brought Utah State in? They almost beat you, and BYU came in that one right. year, and they beat you, and yep. it's like well, it kind of screws your season up, right? So. All right. I don't know. All right, moving on. NBA Bucks open the preseason with a win. Um, I don't know who Frank Mason the third is. He was the College Player of the Year like three or four years ago from Kansas. Okay, he and uh, Robin Lopez fourteen points. Brooke Lopez had thirteen. Wes Matthews had ten. Sterling Brown had twelve. Yeah, I can't I believe I remembered all of yeah, that. From, well, there from, weren't a lot of guys that morning. actually played. So, no. um, and then they, they they have a home game against the Jazz. I'm not playing paying attention too much to the preseason. Um, no, I'll probably it, that one's on. Uh, excuse me, Fox Sports tomorrow night. I'll probably catch a little bit of okay. it just to just to see some stuff. All but. right, go ahead and talk about this NBA China thing because you and I were texting a little bit of that and news and as people keep talking and giving statements, yeah, the seesaw just keeps going up and down. Well, I'll try to explain it as best as I can. Um, Obviously, if you followed the news at all the last four or five months, you know there's a bunch of turmoil between Hong Kong and China. Hong Kong is like a like a province of China, and they they have territorial claim there, but they allow the the Hong Kong government and the people of Hong Kong to kind of live a little more democratic, a little, than, little more independent than the actual yeah, right. Chinese 
uh, communist nation does. So uh, Daryl Morey, the general manager of the Houston Rockets on Friday night, sent out a tweet in support of Hong Kong. Uh, he apparently he has some friends that live there, so he was just trying to be a nice guy in his from his point of view and show some support. Um, and basically, the Chinese government and which and the the Chinese Basketball Association, which is in turn the Chinese government, because in a communist government, all business is run by the government, flipped out, and uh, basically. <sighs> Threatened to pull several games out of China that are scheduled there by the NBA. Uh, kind of have demanded that the Rockets fire Daryl Morey, the general manager. Um, a, a little bit of background. China is basketball crazy. So they had over 500 million people watching NBA games last year through their streaming services. Uh, I think they said 21 million people in China watched game six of the NBA finals, which I believe is actually more than here. Um, So they're basketball crazy. And the NBA for years uh, had been trying to get a foothold in there. When Yao Ming came over in the early 2000s, that kind of opened opened the door a little bit for uh, a little bit of a partnership there. And the NBA has been going there ever since. There's a Chinese basketball league over there that a lot of players have gone over and played. Um, some went over and played during the strike a couple years ago. Um, Stefan Marbury's been over there for years. He's one of the one of he's like their Michael Jordan over there. Tracy McGrady played over there for a time. So there's been a pretty big relationship basketball and business wise between the two. But obviously, still remembering this is a communist country. Um, so. Yao Ming, having had the relationship with the Rockets, the Rockets are the favorite team of most Chinese fans. The Rockets and the Lakers, but mostly the Rockets. So for Daryl Morey, the general manager of the Rockets, probably to, the worst to person do to that, do that. It really upset the higher ups over there. And the NBA came out yesterday with a statement that was like, I heard somebody describe it, and it was perfect. It was like the all-time lawyer word salad statement you could find. <laughs> Where it was like, yeah, it's too bad he did this, but we think he should be able to say what he wants, but he probably shouldn't have said it, and we're really sorry that he said it. But maybe he's okay saying it. It it just was like this nonsensical gobbledygook. Non-committal, which side of the fence are we landing on? And they got absolutely pounded all day long yesterday by senators, congressmen, um, other business people media people for essentially kowtowing down to this foreign communist government. And China has a history of doing this. If you keep up with the trade wars at all with what's going on with Trump and and China, um, they're, they're very, they are a bully. China is a bully. Um, They've, this has happened a lot in the entertainment industry where you're seeing one of the reasons that all of the Marvel movies, especially like the last two Avenger movies grossed over a billion dollars is because of all the money made in China. China, because again, they're a communist government, they are regulating what can and cannot be disseminated in their country. And there are a lot of movies being made in Hollywood right now that are being made specifically to be able to be shown in China. South Park, actually, their episode this week was making fun of this, which was kind of ironic. So the NBA has been in damage control. They came out uh, today. Adam Silver came out and made another statement basically saying, you know, we're we're not in the business of legislating what people can and cannot say. Um, You know, Daryl Morey um, 
upset some people and we're sorry that you're upset, but we're not going to, you know, there's free speech in this country. We're not going to legislate free speech. So again, it wasn't a real solid backing of their guy, but you know, they've got all these business interests with China that they don't want to piss off. So came out today, there was something that with the nets were involved with um, like a basketball without borders thing that they were supposed to be opening like a, a new gym or something over okay. in China that has been canceled. Uh, the Chinese streaming service, has uh, decided they are going to black out all rocket games this year. <laughs> what did I say? And I also saw a clip of on a white wall on some street or a building, a big rockets logo, and the guy had a big roller with white paint yeah. and was painting over it. Yeah, I don't think I don't know that people in this country appreciate, and I don't mean appreciate like be appreciative like thank you, but appreciate the gravity kind of of what goes on in these countries. Mm. Um, there is no free speech. No. Um, you know, one of the reasons that the NBA is taking so much shit over this is because of their stances with our own social issues. They threatened to pull the All-Star game out of Charlotte over the bathroom bill. They, they've they allowed demonstrations by people like LeBron James and Dwayne Wade when they wore the hoodie for the Trayvon Martin shooting. Um, LeBron James basically thinks he has carte blanche to say whatever he wants about any social issue. Greg Popovich and Steve Kerr have been extremely outspoken against Trump and and the current government that is in place in this country. So, and, and the NBA has basically had a hands-off approach with that. And in a lot of ways, they've patted these guys on the back. So, basically, they've... they've There's put, some hypocrisy going on here. They've put themselves in this corner. They have. So, you know, are you... what What side are you going to be on? Because if you... Dig into China, they've got like, I don't know, 1.5 billion people in their country. So obviously the NBA wants their money. But there's a lot of oppressed people in China. Um, there's a whole segment of the Muslim population that's currently in internment camps. There's all kinds of human rights issues that China has. So well, you're, and, in, you're in business with these and, people. Right, and you had mentioned, like I was listening to Zabin this morning, I had, I had gotten from him, I mean, the knockoff jerseys that they make over there, and then you look about how many of the of the, your of your shoe tags say "Made in China." And not only that, but the stars of the league now. Dwayne Wade was with Brand Jordan for like the first ten years of his career. He left Brand Jordan and signed with a Chinese sneaker company. The last four or five years of his career, mm. he was wearing sneakers that were made and sold and branded in China. And he's not the only guy. I think James Harden's big over there. Kobe Bryant is huge in China, selling a lot of merchandise and a lot of shoes. So not only is the NBA concerned about the financial implications, but so are the players. That's why James Harden came out and apologized for something that he's not even involved in. And the agents, because now all the agents, you're affecting their wallet because you're taking a cut from the player, which is then in turn a cut from them. So you say you don't like this stuff. I'm fascinated by the business of the sports. I can't take it. Um, It's going to be very interesting to see what happens going forward. The NBA cannot cave to China on this stuff. You cannot fire Daryl Morey if you're the Rockets. You cannot call for his firing if you're the NBA because – People in this country will go bananas. Um, but the 
you know, the, the biggest problem is this social thing. What side of the fence are they laying on? You want to be socially conscious with, with all the things going on, the, the police stuff and, and the gay, you know, transgender bathrooms and whatnot, but you're going to ignore all the atrocities going on in a foreign country while, while, they, while, while, still while, money. while doing business and yeah. making a lot of money with them. And China knows this. They know, look, we got a billion and a half people. You ain't going to do nothing to us. Just, you know, follow the news a little bit away from the NBA thing, and the NBA thing will begin to make a lot more sense. But in the short term, um, the NBA is going to lose some money. And there's there's some uh, there's some teams that are going to lose money. The Rockets are going to lose money. Um, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. It's It's not over yet because the way the media works these days, that stuff never ends until they want it to end. And they don't want it to end yet well, because it's filling airtime. So you, uh, I don't know if I explained no, that. No, you did great, very well. And, and you know what? It's, it's better coming from you if you follow that stuff than reading it on a bunch of articles that, that just have a bunch of jargon and stuff. So I'm, I'm glad you were here to do that. I, you hope, know, and I'm, I hope that didn't put anybody to sleep. I'm still listening to some opinions on it and, mm-hmm. and reading some things on it. And I, I heard Stephen A. Smith say today that Daryl Morey was dumb for tweeting what he tweeted. I agree. Yeah, it, it was one of those things where it was like, hey, look at me. I'm a good guy. I'm socially right. conscious. Like, dude, just tell your friends in private you support them. You don't need to tell the world. So there's right. there's fault on all sides, but at the end of the day, the NBA's got some uh, some money decisions to make. That is the intentional foul. And all I want to do is watch a goddamn basketball game. <laughs> That's I, it. I know. I can't I know. wait till tomorrow. The game doesn't mean anything. All I just right. want to watch a buck game. He's Dan. I'm Josh. We appreciate you for listening. We have, uh, we're over our hour generally that we set the time for. You can uh, find us and subscribe wherever podcasts are found. We appreciate you listening, downloading. Uh, we're always open to feedback as well. Podcast follow on Twitter um, is where you can find us. Dan and I are on there uh, as well. So. And uh, I will in the next, hopefully this week, but in the next week to 10 days, I'm going to try to come up with a kind of an NBA preview, right. give some uh, thoughts on some of these teams and uh, especially the Bucks. So. All right. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. We will talk to you next time. I don't even know who to cheer for. There's no Brewers. Go Bucks. Go Bears. Not not Packers.